what makes you to believe in risen Christ? What makes you to believe in the risen Lord? Will you say, unless I see, I will not believe, unless I put my finger in his own marks and feel, I will not believe. Is that what you would say? Thomas said this, and that's the reason we call him Doubting Thomas. In fact, he is a practical man. He wants facts, concrete evidence, tangible evidence. He is realistic. Show me Jesus. I will believe in the resurrection of Lord Jesus. So he said, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. I will believe only I do the physical examination of Jesus. Very strange, isn't it? Let's first talk about how uh, Thomas behaved uh, before. In chapter 11 of John's Gospel, Jesus told his disciples that they should go back to Judea. He said, I had to go back to Judea, let's go. Uh, Lazarus is sleeping, I have to raise him up. Uh, the disciples said, if he is sleeping, why you have to go and raise him up? He will raise up anyway. Jesus said, no, no, he died and I had to go and raise him from the dead. He said, let's go. But Thomas came back and said, um, let's go, let's also go so that we may die with him. Why they were unwilling to go, it's all because in their earlier visit, um, people came against Jesus and they wanted to stone him. Uh, now, Jesus is saying, we are going back. Thomas responded, we cannot stop you, you will go. At the same time, we cannot stay without you. We will go, but let's prepare. Let's prepare to die with you. That's how he responded. That means he's a practical man. He is giving advice to his fellow disciples, be prepared, we may be killed. In John chapter 14, Jesus, this is uh, his farewell discourse. While he was giving this discourse, he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house, plenty of places. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Once I have prepared the place, I'm going to come and receive you. You know where I'm going, and therefore you also know the way. When Jesus said this, Thomas immediately responded and said, Lord, we don't know where you are going. Then how do we know the way? A very straightforward thing. You are talking something abstract we are not able to understand. Give us tangible ideas. Where are you going? We don't know. What is that way? In that context, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So John, uh, Thomas is a practical man. He wants tangible uh, uh, things. He wants to know exactly uh, 
what it is. So on Easter day, on the day Jesus was risen, the first uh, day of the week, Mary Magdalene saw Jesus in the morning. And in the evening, when the disciples locked themselves in, Jesus came and appeared himself before the disciples. Unfortunately, Thomas was not there. Thomas missed that occasion. Jesus showed his hands and his feet as well as on his side. He gave them the uh, opportunity to physically examine Jesus' body. Uh, very clearly Jesus did. Because they were startled, they were uh, in great amusement, you know, uh, uh, they, they were not knowing what is happening. Jesus said, come and have a physical examination of my body. Everybody rejoiced. Um, everybody was greatly relieved and it was a wonderful moment that they had with Jesus. Thomas missed that opportunity. Now we have to ask this question, why Thomas did not stay with them? This is only third day since Jesus was crucified. Where did he go? Where did he go? Why did he miss that company? Let's, let's ask this question. I come up with three answers, could be the reasons why he did not stay with uh, fellow disciples. He might have thought that let me be alone. We lost Jesus. I want to sit and mourn. I want to sit and console myself. I am a different person. I cannot sit with people when such tragedy uh, occurred, like Jesus was, uh, see, uh, here uh, Jesus was uh, crucified, and that's a, a big tragedy. I will handle myself, uh, uh, I handle everything by myself. That could be the reason. You know, uh, we also try to do that. Uh, when, when problem comes, when we face difficulty, we think that uh, I need to be all by myself. But remember, when you go all by my, uh, yourself, you are having extra burden on you. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord's uh, uh, people. That's where you will be strengthened. That's where you will be uh, uh, helped and guided. Um, one of the things that we need to be doing Sunday after Sunday is coming together and worshiping God together. Why? It is all because um, this is where we are strengthened in our faith. This is where we experience the presence of God among us. Uh, we shouldn't be missing this. We, we should be coming week after week to do this. See, this place is not special because of the architecture of this building. Okay, uh, it's not because uh, it's a beautiful church with a nice uh, stained glass. Unfortunately, we don't have stained glass. Uh, no, not at all. 
this place is special. It's all because God's people gathered together and God is present with us. That's the reason this is important. We shouldn't be missing this. When we come together, it has a healing effect on us. Someone said church is a therapeutic center, a healing center. This is where we are being strengthened, helped, and energized for the work that is ahead of us the coming week. As Thomas went out, we shouldn't be going out. We should be longing to come back to this place week after week. Secondly, what I think is because Thomas thought that now Jesus is gone. What to do next? I had to find something to do. Uh, we are from Galilee. We are now in Jerusalem. I had to make travel plans to go back to Galilee. The last three and a half years, we were associated with Jesus and everything was taken care. Now what am I going to do? I should be finding my job. Quickly, he is coming uh, with uh, his uh, plans for the future. Has he checked with the Lord? Has he checked with his fellow uh, disciples? Thirdly, that could be another reason is that what is the point of sitting with these uh, 10 disciples? I enjoyed this company. It's all because of the presence of Jesus. Jesus was with us and therefore we enjoyed when we had debates, when we had arguments, he solved it. And Jesus was there who was guiding us. Now, if he is not there, why I should go and sit with this group? That could be one of the reasons he did not go uh, and stayed with them. Whatever it is, he came and met with them, probably on Monday, probably on Tuesday, we did not know. He came to meet with his, free, uh, with his fellow disciples, all 10 of them, and when he met with them, all 10 of them said beautiful things about uh, their experience with Jesus. Thomas, we have seen the Lord. We have seen him physically. We experienced him. We enjoyed. It's a great feeling. Thomas, you missed it. That's how they presented everything to Thomas. They said it in great spirit, with great enthusiasm. We rejoiced his presence. Now Thomas dampened their spirit. Is it? I have to examine. I have to put my finger uh, uh, on his uh, wound marks and I have to experience by myself. He put their spirit down. He dampened their spirit. Is this only Thomas' problem? I don't think it is only Thomas' problem. This problem was there even with other disciples when they first met with Jesus. If you read Luke's account of Jesus' uh, resurrection appearance to his disciples, they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. So Jesus said, no, 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 come and see. I'm not a ghost. You can feel me. Even then, they were still not believing. So Jesus said, bring something to eat. And they brought broiled uh, fish, and Jesus ate before them. 
So the disciples had that kind of uh, um, question. They were uh, having doubts. So Thomas had doubt, what is the problem? Now even Mary, who met Jesus on the resurrection day uh, morning, she mistook Jesus. She thought that she was talking to a gardener. But when Jesus called her name, uh, uh, Mary, immediately she went and grabbed Jesus, uh, Rabuni. So, yes, these people also had doubts. Thomas also has got doubts. What is a problem? The problem here is that when the eyewitnesses are telling their experience about Jesus, Thomas is unwilling to believe. When these witnesses are telling that we have seen Jesus, Thomas is not wanting to believe. He wanted proof. He wanted to physically examine Jesus. If someone comes to me and says, look, I believe in risen Lord, can you show me Jesus? That's what Thomas is doing. Thomas is saying that, show me Jesus, that I will believe. When Jesus came the following Sunday, exactly one week after the resurrection, uh, immediately, and fortunately, Thomas was there. So Jesus came to Thomas and said, come and see my wound marks. In fact, when Jesus came to uh, the second time, he scolded Thomas softly, very softly scolded. What did he say? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Thomas, 10 witnesses, 10 of my disciples said that, I am risen and you are not wanting to believe. Blessed are those who have come to believe without seeing me. Such people are there, remember. Now, faith that we have is, is full of evidence, but it is not out of proof. What is faith? Faith is sure of the Bible words from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. You go with the evidence. Paul talks about it in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. We go by faith. But this faith is not filled with blindness. This faith is filled with evidence. Evidence. In fact, our life on this earth is filled, is based on evidence. Our decisions on this earth is based on evidence. For example, you board a flight. When you board a flight, you believe in the pilot. You believe in the pilot. You are not asking his proof. Show me your certificate. Are you doing that? You believe in the aircraft. You believe that the aircraft is fly worthy, uh, travel worthy. We, we live in relationship. We love our spouses. 
when you are in love with somebody, are you asking proof from your uh, lover? Can you cut open your heart and show me whether I'm there in your heart? Do you want to check the DNA of that person to see whether you are part of that person's life? You go by evidence. Our relationship is built on trusting, believing, not doubting. If you keep doubting, your relationship cannot be built. And your love for your partner is based on evidence. How do our court function? Our court functions on evidence, credible evidence. That's how somebody is guilty. Somebody is acquitted. Our faith is based on evidence and that evidence is shown by his fellow disciples, but he was unwilling to listen. That's the reason Jesus scolded him softly. We believe in Jesus because somebody has already seen and told us. John very beautifully finishes this particular chapter and I want to read John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. There are five things very quickly he's saying. Number one, Jesus did many, many signs not all of them are written down. And he has done these signs in the presence of these witnesses, presence of these chosen witnesses. We are the witnesses. Number three, they are all written down, written down. And number four, so that you may believe. Number five, you may have life. Very beautiful, isn't it? He has done everything in front of the chosen Witnesses, they are credible witnesses, and we have to simply believe. And they have given the evidence. Now, we have to ask this question, how did Jesus know that what uh, Thomas said? How did Jesus know what Thomas said? The risen Lord is with us. He is listening. You know, I like this caption. Some of the houses have got this wall hanging. Jesus Christ is the head of the house, the unseen guest of every meal, and the silent listener of every conversation. Yes, Jesus is listening. The risen Lord is with us. And he is keenly listening to all the conversation that is taking, in our, taking place in our house. So whenever you speak, speak words which are related to your faith. Don't say anything that is uh, showing your disbelief or unbelief. Thomas immediately responded. I don't know whether he has put his hand and experienced uh, uh, the feel of his hand. I don't know. But immediately he said, my Lord and my God. In other words, this is the first time a disciple is acknowledging Jesus as divine. Jesus is God. 
the technical name of, uh, uh, of, of Godhead, you are God. You know, when you read John's Gospel, the first words of the John's Gospel is in the beginning. There was, uh, in the beginning was God, and the word was with God, and the word is God. And that's how he is coming at the end. Look, Jesus is God, and Thomas has acknowledged it. Now, the risen Lord is with us. He has showed his wound marks. We all have got scars, wound marks, injury marks. I don't know whether you have it in your school system here. When I was uh, going to leave my school, um, uh, there in your school certificate, they had to give you give two identity marks of the candidate. Uh, at the age of 15, when I was writing my secondary school uh, leaving examination, uh, they had to come up with this identity marks. So the teacher, the physical education teacher will call you and tell you, give me two identity marks. Like, it could be injury marks, scars, or it could be mole, which is a very interesting thing because we, till that time, we did not know whether we had any identity marks. Uh, so the teacher would say, tomorrow, I'm going to ask you to uh, I, I, I come up with the identity marks. I'm going to write it in on your certificate. So that night is a terrible night because you had to come up with two identity marks. From where are you going to find? Oh, if you have two more, that's fine. But boys, I studied in a boys' school. Boys have got always some kind of injury in, your, in their body. Uh, and each scar our injury mark has got a story. Uh, I fell from the cycle and I had this mark. So uh, it's, it's because of my uh, fault I had this injury. And I read something about a dog, a story about dog bite mark. Uh, a man who was uh, in love with a girl went to uh, uh, the girl's house. The father of the girl did not like the boy coming to the house, so he allowed the dog to let loose, and uh, it, it uh, uh, had a bite on his uh, uh, leg. And he wrote very beautifully saying that, look, I have suffered for my love. You know, the love mark. You know, uh, I have dog bite mark. Now, when we look at Jesus' wound marks, is it the proof of his resurrection? Is it the proof of his resurrection? No, not at all. It's a proof that your sins and my sins are forgiven. The risen Lord is the proof that our sins are forgiven. The risen Lord is among us so that we can always move forward, not dwelling in the past. What a beautiful story. Let's not dwell in the past. The risen Lord has already forgiven. I was talking to someone before the service. He said, if I have to tell you my story, I have 
lot of bad things uh, to say, and you will, you will change uh, your opinion about me. And I said, if I have to tell you my story, you will also change your opinion about me. But we don't need to dwell in the past. Jesus is still showing his wound marks. Finished. It's done. Move forward. I am with you always. May the dear Lord help us so that we enjoy his risen presence all the time in our lives. God bless us all. Amen.